Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It's season three, episode 25. We're at a quarter of 100 episodes for the season. Um, and this week we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, the end of the season into the off season has already been super hectic and lots has happened. And um, I, I don't anticipate that that is going to stop for the next couple weeks. Um, we got, like I said, stuff to talk about. Porter left. Drew is in, and now we get to figure out who of the players are staying and going and coming and committing and decommitting and transferring and all that other stuff. So we got stuff to talk about. We're just going to, it's just kind of going to be like last week. We're just kind of going to chat. Um, we also have the national championship game uh, going in the background. It's currently 31 to 14 Baylor. So we'll be chiming in chatting about that because that's pretty fun and crazy already. Um, Lou, what are you excited to talk about this week? Not excited or what, what's on your mind? Um, it's a little bittersweet. Excited to talk about it. Kind of a new direction the program will take. Um, see what we'll talk about. See pros and cons of things. Um, and also just see if Gonzaga can fight back to make this game a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, I'll take you through just kind of my journey through accepting <laughs> the news that uh, Porter was leaving. So, um, I mean, last week we talked a little bit about it because um, I think last week Marquette and Indiana were filled up. And then we might have even mentioned that Oklahoma was open and same. I think Texas was still open at the time when we recorded. Um, but yeah, we were, when we recorded, Texas was still open and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny. I didn't think about this at all, but I saw a tweet from, uh, I think it's Billy Bunnies, um, a former walk-on and he tweeted no flights from chicago executive airport to uh to norman mm-hmm. and funny enough it ended up that the ad actually flew out to chicago so we did we really? didn't do our research enough but yeah last week it i was didn't just, i didn't know that billy bunnies was a former walk-on yeah former walk-on yeah i think his name do, is, are we allowed to say his name i don't I forget his I, yes i think it's billy clark think it is okay okay i didn't know that i thought he was just like a like a super fan or something because he's always tweeting out like really funny stuff like it's just like it's always so off the wall like i'm always like what? can you say that like what are you even saying i think i, I think if you look at his profile it's a picture of him in a, as a former rambler so but okay. uh, I, again i thought that was like a meme or something i don't know there I we go well close. it wasn't a meme though sadly that uh porter moser has left yeah. Royal ramblers um i think like you were going to say, it's something that um, kind of hit us kind of by surprise just because we had the, of course, I thought Marquette was a good fit. Um, I thought Indiana was kind of a long shot. We, and we did talk about this. It's not like we mm-hmm. ignored it. Uh, we talked about the possibilities. Um, really, Texas, again, I thought it was a bigger program. Oklahoma, I d- didn't think about the fit. Again, I, we were thinking about fits because Loyola, I think, was such a great fit for Porter. So it's kind of interesting to to not think about Oklahoma, but uh, Buck, what do you, what did you really? It, now that it's fully committed, mm-hmm. it's no more guessing. It's it's Porter Moser's in Oklahoma. Yeah, I guess like the first thing when it started happening, I was like trying to imagine like what like what is driving him there, right? Like it's like is it money? Like I can see that it's obviously bigger conference, better conference. Like there's no question. Like the Big Twelve. You know, before the tournament, everyone said the Big 12 was either the best or second best conference. I mean, there is a little bit of competition between the Big 12 and the Big 10. 
um, they had multiple teams, you know, Baylor in the championship game, Oklahoma State's super good. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone that's even better than them, but you know, they had some really good teams, um, and they always get many, many bids. Um, Oklahoma this year, they made it as a eight or a nine seed. Um, and they had like, yeah, yeah, they had like barely above 500. Like, I mean, you know, they, they had an okay season, but so, you know, you got money, you got the conference, you got the facilities, which that's gotta be better. I mean, you know, it's a high major conference. Um, and just the, the things that I thought were drawbacks were like, it's in Norman. Like I understand like Oklahoma city is, I've heard a very nice city. I've heard very good things about Oklahoma city. Norman, uh, not so much. Also, you, you're always going to be second fiddle to the football team. Like, there's no way that Oklahoma – they're never going to be a basketball school, I don't think, personally. They're always going to be known for their football team. Uh, what, Kyler Murray went there, right, quarterback? Um, they've had some really good years. What, like, they've been to many bowl games. I think they were in college football Baker playoff. Mayfield. Baker yeah. Mayfield, yeah. So yeah, that, That's an interesting point because – I think when you get out to these bigger schools, it is football is first. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Just my one question for you is, do you think, though, Porter could, especially with their history most recently of guys in the NBA, do you think it's it's not like a – it's always going to be second fiddle, right? But mm-hmm. do you think it's still top of mind for people? I mean, Or is it just something extra? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is Oklahoma – like, I'm not trying to diss Oklahoma basketball. They're a top 25 program, just like bar none, like, end of story. They, like, in college basketball right now, they're for sure a top 25, probably top 20. I mean, they've had tons of NBA stars, Blake Griffin, Trey Young, just to name a couple, um, but also just, like, tons of role players, um, and, and they're always sending guys to the draft, it seems like, every year, every other year. So – um, they're a legit team, and I'm sure, you know, for that reason, that that's a huge plus for Porter. Like, to get those sort of guys, he's probably wouldn't be getting that sort of talent in the next five years at Loyola. Like, they would have to keep being really good. They'd have to change conferences, most likely. The other thing that I think, and this is getting a little bit more into, like, not conspiracy, but, like, just opinion, I guess, is I've always wondered, or at least, like, this after this season, I've always wondered if, uh, Porter was successful because of Cameron Crutwig or more because of him, or, you know, maybe it's a mix of the two, but besides the CBI championship five years ago, all of Porter's success has come with Cameron Crutwig and Cameron Crutwig has missed one game in four years. And I think that it's possible if, if Porter came back next year to Loyola and Cam didn't come back, and they put up a 500 year. They say they go 17, 17 or something. He's not getting any job offers. I mean, like he might be able to go to like another A10 school or something. But like he's not getting a Power Five offer after going 500 next year. So maybe there was something in his own head telling him, hey, you know, maybe you know, maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm not as good as some people think. So let me take this really nice offer right now because who knows what's going to happen next year. Which is fair. You got to capitalize on your own success. So, that those are just kind of the things that like were going through my mind when it was being rumored. Um, what were you thinking? Like, did you think it was serious? Did you think it was a joke? Like, did you were you worried? Like, I, I, was I being crazy? How did you feel about it when it was all going down? Yeah. So this one reminded me right back uh, to the St. John's UNLV. Um, I, I believe that was what our final four year. Those were the two big schools. Because um, they're bigger than us, if we're thinking about budget and thinking about potentially the conference. UNLV is still considered 
uh, like mid-major, I would say. Uh, St. John's not top power five, but they're in the Big East, so they're they're up there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so both offered, from what I recall, both offered him decent big contracts, bigger than what Loyola offered. So I thought it was just like that. I, and then I remember, I believe it was Thursday, I read a tweet that said Porter is really debating Oklahoma or Loyola. And right then, when I heard the word debate or read the word, I was like, oh, he's staying at Loyola. Because I said Loyola's going to offer yeah. him such such a nice contract that he's going to be like, hey, I'm a Chicago guy. I want to be the next Jay Wright and build like Jay Wright built Villanova. I want to be the next Mark Few and build Gonzaga or build Loyola like Gonzaga. I want to be the guy. And he's been there for 10 years. So I, I, I kind of understand potentially 10 years has been there too long. But like you said, he's only had four years of success mm-hmm. and success to a point on the national stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, CBI years and is a is a successful year, and I'm not going to take that away from anyone on the team who played in the CBI or anyone coached in the CBI. But when we're talking about potential for the big-name programs, I would say the last four years have been the big-name program years for us. Four or three, three straight out of four years, regular season champions, two out of four conference uh, champions of the Missouri Valley, one coach of the year out of it, uh, debatable could have been two, um, mm-hmm. three out of four player of the years. Um, that rings a bell of a program who's succeeding. But like you said, he potentially could see something because now I'm going to take it to where my full reaction is, I really think he didn't take it for the money. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's coming to the point where Loyola, and I'm very impressed, I did not expect that type of contract coming from Loyola Chicago. Not from any AD would sit at Loyola, regardless if you've been there 20 years. One year, I did not expect any board of trustees to approve a contract like that. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And just to fill people in, Porter was at least making, I think, around closely to 900,000, maybe a mil. And then mm-hmm. incentives. Again, coaches a lot of in college basketball have incentives. Make it to the NCAA tournament, another 100K. Or like win the conference championship, 100K. Everyone on this team has a GPA of 3.0 or higher, 50K. Like there's incentives to make it a well. Again, it's like you work in sales, you have you have business incentives. Mm-hmm. But Loyola Chicago came back with a 2.2 million base salary. That and that's wasn't increasing. That's increasing. Double at least his base salary. That's no incentives tied to it. It was just a base of 2.2, I believe, with then little incentives such as like Cub season tickets and all these. I don't remember the full list, but even just reading the 2.2 million base salary, I did not read, need to read Cubs tickets. I said, hey, Loyola wants Porter. Oh, and by the way, I'm not even mentioning the biggest part is for a 10-year extension, not a 10-year yeah. total of what he's had on his contract from 2018. This was an additional 10 more years. Yeah. So... You don't really see that at the level of mid-major we are. Now, again, if we were, say, UNLV is a good example. UNLV has the money because they also have a football program. Not saying they have a big football program, but they have a football program to bring in revenue. So the revenue is a bigger budget than what we have when our basketball team is our biggest budget, right? Mm -hmm. So it really took me a shock that Loyola offered it, and I was very impressed. And then it came down to, hey, he wants a bigger conference. And he wants a better a restart, maybe. He's been here 10 years. So I, I, I saw the Cameron Crowe tweet, or I saw a stat, and I, I definitely, I'm not going to deny it. I, even though I love this team and I love I loved what Porter's done, you have to take in consideration. It's very interesting. And again, is it 
Is it correlation, causal? It's it. What are we talking about here? We're just stating things that are interesting. We're not stating yeah. that this is the exact reason. We're just saying, hey, for the last four years, Cameron Crowick has been probably one of the greatest decorated players to play Loyola basketball, and he's probably been Porter's best four years of his career. Mm-hmm. There you go. Like you could say that with anyone. Like Coach K. Coach K is a great coach, but come on, he gets first round draft picks every year. So, mm-hmm. like, if you look at these programs, they are built around players. Coaches are great, but players are also the ones playing as well. So that's my point with the Cameron Crutwig thing. But uh, what I'd really like to uh, talk to you about now moving forward is that is that I don't think the Chicago factor really really played into it. I don't either. And it's crazy. And it is crazy. You hear this guy being a Chicago – and he is, and he will always be a Chicago guy. But you, and just in my head, you would think, oh, it's easier to get kids to come to play in Chicago. But again, you look at – you look at um, – I don't even know if Blake Griffin's from Oklahoma City. I don't think so. Now I'm going to look it up. Yeah. But I think Trey Young actually was from the area. I think he was. Um, but so, again, it's the bigger name, bigger budget. Big, again, hey, we just built our first freaking practice auditorium, and we barely were able to fit it in downtown city of Chicago. <laughs> or, sorry, in Rogers Park. We're not in downtown. We're in the north end. But Oklahoma, they got the facilities to last a mile. So yeah. – that could be also a, a thing. You're going to a school that's got the bigger budget to spend the money. Hey, you need the best facilities. You want this. So even with Loyola putting the money toward Porter, maybe Porter realized, hey, I don't only want the money to my contract. We need the money in the program. And we could be playing, hey, we're a podcast about the team, and we're going to be rooting for anyone who's always a part of the team. But we could be listing millions of different reasons why we think. And why I think my last take on it is that I was shocked that he turned down 2.2 to stay at Loyola. I really mm-hmm. did think he might have the mindset of a Jay Wright and of a Mark Few to make a program. Um, but it just wasn't wasn't meant to be, I guess. And um, I really think they everyone has done a respectful job of saying their adieus. Um, again, it's tough from a program who's just on the edge of such great kind of program culture. Again, that word will be said a million times this next week. Um, but just really interesting, hard. And again, it's what we've been talking about a lot now in the beginning, but definitely something that's really important, a uh, reflection on the program and the team. Yeah, I I'm with you. I want to talk more about like the reasons why he left because okay. yeah, I think for me, the first thing is, like, Oh, it's gotta be money. Like I thought they might offer him like 3 million a year. That's kind of what I was thinking. Well, no, the, the, what I, the number I saw was six years, two and a half million from Oklahoma. Um, oh, my. I did not. Okay. Yeah, oh. I think that was, like, Goodman tweeted that, or uh, it might have been Norlander. Norlander, Luke, I know. Or no, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, and because and I, I know someone had said, well, what if they double his salary? What if they triple his salary? So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, he's making, like, a million dollars at Loyola, give or take. So I was thinking three mil. Um, and then when I, I read six years, two and a half, I was like, okay, like that, you know, that, that's a good deal. Like I was thinking Loyola might've bumped their offer up to like a, a million and a half or something. But then when it came out, it was 10 years, 2.2 million. Like instantly I was like, it's not about the money. Like you said, there's no way it's about the money. Sure. You can say your dollar goes further in Oklahoma than it does in Chicago, but, like, he's already comfortable. He's got his whole family in, in Evanston. His kids are at school. Like, like he's super comfortable. So, like, I kind of, in my head, that those two, like, balance each other out. Like, 
at least, or cancel each other out. Um, but it's just like, I don't know if that makes it hurt even more. Because, like, I went through every stage of grieving when Porter, when I read Porter, like, was was, was leaving. Um, at first, I was, like, I was really sad and, you know, just, like, all oh, the good times we had and, like, Final Four, Sweet 16, whatever. Like, Porter's jacket, um, you know, all the good times. And then I was, like, well, what if, you know, maybe he'll come back later. So then I got into bargaining. I was, like, well... You know, maybe he'll go, he'll be at Oklahoma for a few years. He can come back. He'll still be a legend. And then I I was angry. I was so mad for a while. Like f this, f Porter. I don't want him to come back. He doesn't. He, I hope he never comes back to Chicago. Like what is he doing? That's not a Chicago thing to do. Chicago always like stands with each other. They're they're there for each other. Like this is BS. Like, and then I forget what the other stages are. But those are the, the major three that I went through. But thank you for at, that detail please i i, I feel like, my, like more than more than one other fan has gone through that this past weekend i would think so i mean like and and now i'm at the point where it's like i don't know i i, I really do appreciate everything he did like it it um like brought me so much happiness like over all you know all the years since i started going to school there because i'm not gonna lie i wasn't a fan before i started going to school there um six years ago now um but you know just so many fun memories like like um, the CBI year, uh, Milton Doyle, like all that kind of stuff. Meet, I met, met Milton's mom um, and all that, you know, that, that all includes Porter in Final Four and conference championships and high-fiving him after games when we win and, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And But I, I am still a little angry. I think, I think I feel a little cheated or jaded. I don't know what the right word is. But like you said, he had said multiple times that, like, Chicago's his home and you know when he turned down St. John's it was because he couldn't stop thinking about like how nice like Chicago was to him and the city and like building it up here and all that kind of stuff and and like of course like that to some extent that's all just um like cushy like cushy stuff you tell people right it's like it's what they want to hear it's what we want to hear and maybe I just was too naive to like think that he would he would be doing it to that extent because I didn't I thought eventually he'd leave for a place like Creighton or um or a huge job like a like a North Carolina or Kansas or whatever like I thought you know if he keeps be doing really really well at Loyola and you get offered one of those blue blood jobs there's no way you could turn that down so I thought it would be like Creighton or a blue blood job um and it's just weird it's just a weird place I think for him to land um but I think it was probably just too good of an offer to pass up being in like a big conference, um, like the big 12, uh, like we mentioned, um, like the multiple bids, NBA draft talent, all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure like, I mean, he's a smart dude. He understands that like, he's got to take advantage of his, um, of his success. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's wrong to do it. He's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to make a choice for him for his, you know, he's got to be the one that looks himself in the mirror at night. And like, he's got to be the one that like, you know, moves his kids and his family across the country. And, and if that means that he's making more money and can, and can care for them better, then that's great. That's what he should do. I'm just trying to like speak toward what I felt. And I think what a lot of other fans felt, um, when he, when he decided to go to Oklahoma and even worse, he had to, 
He had to he had to be on TV on ESPN in that disgusting crimson red, and it was just like it's so close to like Loyola red, or you know it's a shade of red that it's maroon. like yeah yeah well, yeah maroon, maroon. Of course. yeah but it's, maroon is a shade of red I think purple I don't know anyway it was so it was close enough where it's like it's even more gross like if he would have gone to Kansas and he's wearing blue it's like oh you know whatever that's that's different but I don't know. Um, that was just kind of what I was thinking. So, um, I don't know what else you got about the Porter thing. I have one more thing, but if you have anything else more pertinent to what I just said, no, I'll, I, I'll let you, uh, I'll just say this. I have a lot more things I could talk about. I probably, the way I want to talk about it, let's just sit at a bar and chat about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's tough. It's, um, you also can understand you're also, um, we're also confused as fans, because first and foremost, we didn't play for Porter. We didn't play for the school. We're fans. Right. And we do this for fans, so we're just chatting like fans. So um, it's a little tough. Um, again, looking up contracts and understanding what you weigh, things of um, kind of what, what's important. So I don't know. From a fan's perspective, it's tough. Uh, I definitely want to talk more, but I don't think right now. But I'd love to hear what else you want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. So last thing I have really is like – I, I, once the news kind of broke, I was like, okay, like, let's hear what he has to say. Like, I want to hear him out. Like, what, you know, what's he going to say? How's he going to, like, uh, describe why he went? And, like, we really didn't get that. He did release, like, a statement or something, like, on his Twitter, I think. And, like, he did kind of say on ESPN that there were, like, many factors. And, like, I was anticipating, I don't know, I was anticipating, like, him taking out an ad in the newspaper. Or going on, like, WBBM or, like, WGN or something like that and have, like, a spot, right? Like, an interview, like, a full-on 10-minute interview about, like, what happened, how's he feeling, how does he, like, is Chicago still important to him? And he didn't do any of that. And, like, I know that's, like, kind of a show, but... I feel like, at least in sports, like, I'm trying to think back to, like, when other really big names have left Chicago. And there's, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But I know there was, like, a hockey player, I think, or, like, the coach, maybe, on the Blackhawks, like, that had won multiple. Oh, it was the goalie. I forget his name now. Um, Crawford? He took, yeah, I think it was Crawford. He took out an ad in the paper. Like, it just, like... It, Everyone in Chicago knows who Porter is. Like, that's not a question anymore. That, like, sure, before Final Four, everyone would be like, what the heck? Who is this guy? I don't know who this is. But now that we've been to a Final Four, we've been to Sweet 16, we beat University of Illinois, we've won three regular season championships, like you've said. Porter is, I mean, like, when you think of Loyola, it's Sister Jean, Porter, and Cam. That's it. That's who you think of, like, as a normal, everyday, casual basketball fan. Like, if he took out an ad or if he went on TV or did something like to, like a grand scale, people would know who he was. And so, I don't know. I just feel like we haven't gotten any closure. Like, I, that part still kind of messes me up a little bit, I think. I wish there was a little bit more um, finality, I guess. Um, I don't know. Do you feel the same way, or am I, being, am I like, kind of being a little bit dramatic? No, it's I, – I, I think, quite honestly, everyone's going to – like. Some people are going to 100% agree with you. Some people are going to be like, uh, I, I do think I agree to an extent he did set, make such a big deal about staying. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would thought. But again, hey, maybe uh, I saw a few tweets and I agreed and disagreed. It's like maybe he's done enough where he didn't need. I, I don't know. 
So um, it did. I did like how he gave his uh, phone call to Sister Jean to give her a proper goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, um, so I don't know. I, I think right now it's just tough. Um, we'll see. Um, we'll see what moves on from it. But again, maybe I'll, I'll my last thing then. I'll, I'll really make this my last thing about Porter. Mm-hmm. Is that um, speaking of Chicago legends to take an ad out or something? Maybe he'll learn from the great MJ and just say I'm back. Maybe one day, <laughs> one day. Maybe. But again, for right now, we bid our due, or at least I bid our due to uh, Porter Moser uh, as the head coach of Loyola Ramblers. And uh, see you later, sooner. Yeah, see you later, sooner. That's for sure. Let me. I just. Want, I know we got a lot of questions. I just want to make sure we're not passing up any on Porter before we move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of just questions. So can I give a score update then? I'll yeah, go for it. The go national for it. championship. Um, Gonzaga is down by ten. They've gotten the the lead cut to ten. So Baylor right, is up okay. forty-seven to thirty-seven. Um, a lot of scoring in the last two minutes for, by Gonzaga. But um. Yeah. Oh, there was one question, and it was a in GIF form, so I'm I'm gonna take it as serious because I I took it seriously, and it and it was a GIF of uh, Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and it says, "How come he don't want me, man?" And I, I think that was like in in like referring yeah. to Porter. Um, so I just quickly, I think we were his stepping stone, and I think we just kind of have to come to terms with that. I don't I don't think he didn't want us, but I think he just saw a better opportunity. So that's kind of my answer, I guess, to that. I don't know if you. Yeah, no, that different. sums up perfectly. No. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to like the, the most exciting thing. I think. I mean, even hiring Drew, which that is what happened, and is going to be a part of a press conference tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday. Um, I think we even talked about it a little bit, and we both were like, we just want something to happen fast because. The transfer portal is bigger than it's ever been. It's ever expanding. I don't think it'll ever shrink. I don't. I don't. No, it's I crazy. think this is this is the problem. And again, it's because of that extra year. I think they mm-hmm. said. Uh, did I read a stat where it's like fifteen to twenty percent of all, maybe even yeah, more. I think it's even of more. Of all D one eligible players are are in the transfer portal. That's so crazy. And again, but it's yes. that extra year. So, right. And we we just said. I think we both said. Um, we wanted something to happen quickly. I think there was, I think before he left, there was like a, oh, it might be Drew. Like that's a, that's an option. But I think both of us were a little hesitant and maybe even yes. you more than me. Yeah. Um, I, I do like him. I did like him. I'm not going to say that I'm his biggest fan or that I predicted it or none of that stuff. But I think there are, there, this is before it happened. I was thinking like, you know, he is a young guy. He seems like he's connected well. He seems like he recruits well. Um, he seems like he has good connections with the city and also with the state of Michigan. Um, he's, I, I guess I didn't even really realize who he had, like, coached under uh, Greg Camp at Oakland and then also Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Um, I didn't realize that much. But that was kind of like, I was like, okay, like, I guess. But he's so young. Like, he's only been here four years. Like, I think there's some there were some legitimate concerns. Um, do you want to talk about like before before it, the news happened, like what your concerns were or like what you thought about Drew? Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I I have changed my thought, but this was where I was on Friday. I believe it was Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. potentially. Friday. So um, I personally did not think anyone on the staff on Porter's assistant staff was fully ready to take over. Um, when the name Drew came out, I was like, oh, you know what? That's not a bad assistant. 
Um, and I wasn't thinking from a portal. Uh, I'm sorry, from a transfer portal situation. I was not at all. Mm-hmm. I was thinking from a, oh, I want Loyola to go to the next step, longevity. I want Loyola to be maybe in a new conference. So I was thinking of an assistant on on a Power Five team. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, one name that I definitely had was John Shire, um, assistant at Duke, um, 39 years old, um, from Northbrook, Illinois, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so very close. Um, I believe he played AAU in the area. He actually has recruited, I'm pretty sure, almost top DJ Stewart, I believe, out of Chicago, mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson out of Milwaukee area. So he's come back and recruited kids from this era. He's gotten at least two Chicago kids the last two years, um, or at least he's been in talks with them as their recruiter. So that was my number one name. Um, a dream scenario um, that I've been trying to contact someone about, but I'll let them listen to it here. Um, as a fun, this is a fun scenario. It would be Patrick Baldwin Sr. at Milwaukee. <laughs> um, his son is the number three overall recruit. Um, so I thought it'd be funny if he came down. He was a former assistant coach under Porter, just for mm-hmm. reference. So he does know Loyola. Um, and his son is the number three overall recruit. So maybe, hey, we, he brings them. But those were the two. And again, I didn't tweet or anything, and I wasn't. I was just saying, hey, I don't think anyone on the staff is ready. But then I started thinking about the portal and how I read so many tweets and I never thought of it. And I, I plead the fifth of how wrong I was by not thinking about this. But everyone said, hey, this is what's going to keep our team intact. And it's true. I really do think this assistant coach and really the only assistant coach choice that we had and any coach would really keep the team as close to intact. Again, we'll see. But as close to what it would be, again, regardless of seniors returning, more like Marquise Kennedy, <laughs> Jacob Hudson, Braden mm-hmm. Norris, um, Tom Welch, guys like that who make up a lot of the minutes from this past year that weren't starters, that would we'd want to stay. Uh, recruits, uh, like you said earlier, Drew is a great recruiter, and I love him for that. I've, I thought he was someone that could fill in the Brian Mullins recruiting um, hole that left. Uh, was opened when he left to go head coach down at Southern. So I, I really was so shocked that I never thought of it. And then I think the only thing, so now switching into my positives, mm-hmm. I think really I was excited about him keeping the team together, the culture, the mentality of the program where it's going young guys. So I think he could rejuvenate the program in a way that is kind of maybe was in a stagnant older mindset of like, like classic, mid-major kind of build that up from the ground up historic route Mm -hmm. um the only thing that's out there is he's 29 um he's the youngest coach in all of men's basketball right now um so that's the only asterisk question mark i have it's like does age make a difference does experience because his experience Mm -hmm. is pretty goddamn well Mm -hmm. uh, graduate assistant under tom izzo um went and play uh, assistant coach for his coach at oakland where he was a legend i think or at least where he did pretty well um mm-hmm. has experience working with guys who are in the nba so he has the process um and now he's been assistant loyal for four years so um i'm i'm for drew i wasn't my first choice wasn't my last choice but the choice i've come to realize is actually for our situation and for potentially i think the future could really actually be a good turning point um a a young guy i think actually could come in here and change up things and really make a big impact and i'm really excited to see about that but buck please what do you got yeah um you kind of mentioned a little bit like but 
if you look at it from just like a take away his name, take away like whatever we've done as a program in the last four years, you got a guy who's gone to a Final Four, a Sweet 16. He's coached under Tom Izzo and Porter Moser, um, and he spent time at Michigan State like as a, a grad assistant and then played at Oakland. Um, like that's a solid career already. Like doesn't matter how many years he's co- coached, like even over like, you know, say 20 years or 15 years, like that's still a good like uh, resume. So when you think about it like that, at least in my head, it makes a lot more sense. Um, and then, then additionally, like he's already at your school. He already knows all the guys, like you said, like keeping the team together. That's super important. Um, so yeah, I think it just like, and I just today was able to like step back and look at it from like afar. It's like, also, I think it's really important to mention he's a black man. Like that is really important to like hire, especially in the the city of Chicago, um, a black man as your head coach, because like you can look at across the board, there's, it's disproportionate to how many players to coaches uh, are black and white. Like it is definitely disproportionate. So to have that guy at, at the center of your program in the city of Chicago, like that is a big deal. And then you mentioned he's the youngest head coach in college basketball. That's also a big deal. I mean, yeah, there's question marks that come with it, and rightfully so. Like, is he does he have the experience, like you said? But it's also kind of a cool thing. Like, you gotta imagine these high school kids, they wanna connect with their coach. Like, sure, Coach K, like is is he's Coach K. Like, of course they're gonna gravitate towards him. But then if you're deciding between a 29-year-old guy and, like, a 65-year-old guy that's coaching it, like, I, I have no idea. Like, Iowa State, or I have no idea if that's actually true. But, you know, somewhere that might not be – somewhere that's more out in the middle of nowhere. You know, that connection, that that relationship might be just enough to convince him to come play for you. And, and he gets you. Like, he's been there. He's played for those guys. This dude played with Draymond Green. He's played with his, you know, his brother, who's an NBA player. Like – those sort of things matter. Um, and I think that's really cool that we have a guy that is going to be that, that represents that and represents the culture like at Loyola, um, but can also, and does like represent himself like as, as a black man in the city of Chicago um, from Michigan. Like, I think all those things are really important. And when you add them all up, I kind of like like I, I forget a little bit about his age when, when you add all those other things up, um, so yeah, I am. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm. I'm. I am trying to, like, uh, contain my excitement because I want to make sure all these guys are staying, or at least most of them, like the ones we've mentioned. I'm curious to see like what kind of players he goes for because it's going to be different. I mean, even though he was probably the head recruiter, I'm sure there were times when Porter was like, "Man, no, go see this guy. You know, go look at, <laughs> go look at." A you know five foot eleven point guard who can shoot rather than that six foot five guard who might be more athletic and a little more raw talent wise. You know I'm I'm just guessing I have no idea. But with Denzel or oh my gosh Denzel with Drew I'm gonna do that so many times and I already apologize in advance. With Drew at the helm, he's gonna have the type of guys he wants to go after and no one's gonna be telling him to do differently. Um, and I can kind of already see it with some of the the guys that have said that they've been offered by Loyola even in the past few days. A couple different, like, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", guards. Um, a couple kids from Michigan. I think one from, like, the suburbs of Chicago. So, um, 
I think that's all exciting. But um, yeah, I think just overall, like as the days went on, my the part that I think convinced me the most, which I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but was just like every single outlet I could possibly read was saying Drew Valentine should be the next coach at Loyola Chicago. Like, and I tweeted this, national, regional, local, everyone. There was, like, one person who said someone else's name. I don't even remember who it was at this point. But they, like, used the wrong acronym for Loyola. They called it, like, U- ULC. Oh, please don't even, yeah. No. Oh, my God. And, and I, I read it, and I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> obviously. Um, but, yeah, just, like, the uh, the, 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 the consolidation of everyone saying the exact same person and it being just, like, so obvious. That was really cool. And, like, it maybe makes me think, like, maybe we don't know exactly what we have. And other people can kind of see, like, maybe people who have been around the game a lot longer can see that this guy, you know, is really up and coming. I think he was, like, on the coaches 30 under 30 top. He was. He was. Yeah. If you don't, Yeah. That's actually a great point. He was on ESPN's 30 under 30 mm-hmm. um, up and coming. Um, or it might have been forty under forty. It was, I think, it was thirty under thirty. It I was I thirty under thirty. Because yeah, Loyola just posted their like literally like a half an hour before we started recording. Um, they released their press release about like that they're having a conference tomorrow, introducing him and like some some quotes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so so yeah, it, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm gonna look at. I don't know if you have anything more. I'm gonna start looking at some of the questions that we have. Um, yeah, I'll just add one more, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on to your point while you're looking up this question is it was really, really put a smile on my face of the just group of like people saying, Hey, I really think Drew Valentine is the man for the job. And what reason, like people weren't just saying for like shits and giggles, people were saying, Hey, he's gonna, he's, he's been there. He knows what he's doing. And it was like, you think 10 years ago when Porter was getting it, I don't think again, social media was not what it is today. But I don't think people were that chatty in the Chicago Tribune. Mm-hmm. I don't think people were in the Sun Times. Like, I don't think there was that much talk um, of who Loyola Chicago was going to name as their head coach. Yeah. But now you have the talk. You have the like city wanting to you know, hey, Loyola going to pick the right guy. You, you didn't really. I'm, what DePaul is still looking for a head coach. Am I am I wrong in saying they that? They haven't finalized it yet. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, they haven't finalized it yet. So it's like, but yet Loyola, the talk of the town, which mm-hmm. is, I'm not gonna say I, I don't like it. I love it. I think I like hearing us over DePaul and that school up in Evanston. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's exciting, and I think Drew has the potential. Um, to really rejuvenate a new life. Cause I do think it's going to be a new Loyola. It, it, each coach is a new Loyola. But what I mean is this Loyola is a team that has come. What is two things? What do you do next? You, you've just now gone to a sweet 16 and a final four in the last two out of four years for Loyola Chicago. What is mm-hmm. Drew plans? He's 29. What is he planning? Like, Hey, this is my, and like, we'll never know. Maybe he'll say that. I don't think any coach would ever say that in your initial press conference. Mm-hmm. But plan on being here 10 years i don't know and i think him having a city that he can be come part of in chicago is something that i would hope he sees as a big big benefit to the rest of his career but also the time he spends with oil however great or however short or long but i hope it's for a good time 
Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to probably just start. I'm going to take one no, of these questions. Know, no, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna. There's a bunch of questions, and they're all really good, and and they're good discussion questions. So I'm gonna take one and just kind of go for it. Um, so the first one that I think uh interests me a lot is uh Rock Rocket Man or Rocky Man sixty nine wants to know. Uh, I'd like to hear what your expectations are for next year's starting lineup if no one else transfers out, and thoughts on Demizi's role going forward. So I I think in addition to this, like I just want to kind of talk about like overall expectations of the team. And also of Drew, um, I think I do think that we have to like kind of temper our expectations. Um, with Porter gone, and we don't know what the seniors are going to do, I do think it's not going to be a rebuilding year, but it might be a little bit of like a retooling year. Like we have to give Drew time to like figure out his offense, to figure out his defense, um, and figure out like his lineups, like. We don't even know. Like, is he gonna go with like the one in four out method that like that that Porter did with like Cam? Or maybe he's gonna say, no, let's go fast break. Like, let's let's go up and down the court. Let's you know, um, we want to be a fast team. I don't know. Like, I we we have to see. We have to wait and see. So I, I want to be able to give him time, and <laughs> he's not gonna be given any easy games right out of the gate because we're in a really good. Uh, MTE tournament right out of the gate um, with teams like Michigan State and um, I don't even know. There's a bunch of like Auburn, I think, and some really good teams in there. So it's going to be tested right away. As far as like lineups go, um, I think if if we just assume the seniors are gone and everyone else returns, I think Hudson is for sure. Braden Norris and, and, and Jacob Hudson are like kind of locks. I also think Marquise is probably a lock too. I, I think it would be kind of silly to play him off the bench as a junior. Um, I do think Demise Anderson is probably going to start like as like a forward, one of the forward positions. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, it could be Tom Welch. I would love to see. We've talked a little bit about Tom Welch, like um, increasing his athletic athleticism and like speed and all that kind of stuff and shooting a little bit. Um, but if I had to pick five guys, this is saying seniors don't come back. I would do, I would, say Braden, Marquise, Demise, Tom Welch, and Jacob Hudson. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts on that or like any of what I just said? Yeah, I, it's it's more going to be interesting of who is staying because I do have a mindset of what the roster could be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my outlook personally is I think Marquise Kennedy and Braden Norris need to figure out how a combination of them could work because I really do think it can. Um, personally, I think Braden is a shooter better, mm-hmm. way better than Kennedy. I think Kennedy can shoot. So I think that'd be interesting. Um, I do think Demise Anderson can start. Uh, and I really can. I don't know if I spoke on this, on the podcast of a live episode, but I don't know. Maybe I did definitely spoke to you about it. I mm-hmm. think Tom Welch could be interesting as a small forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, playing the st- big man on a stretch on like a small rotation, um, Jacob Hudson, um, is he going to start? Um, he's got four years, so I, I wouldn't put it past. So, I, um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Again, um, the transfers we have come in, the two seniors from both Ivies, um, are going to be interesting, as well as I think. True, the two, I forgot about them. Yeah, so I, that's the, my, my thing about the two transfers are going to be, I think they're going to be supportive down low. Yeah. Think about it. If we don't, and again, they're both big guys. Uh, well, I guess his swagger. I know he's a little bit of a shooter, but he's tall. 
So Again, he's like tall, tall and lanky. So yeah. when we get down to it is that we don't have, we potentially might not have a here anymore. We potentially don't have Cam anymore. So when you look at it, our two starting center, our center and power forward are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, a Frank is gone. He, even though he didn't play this past year, he was a former power forward. Uh, Tom Welch didn't play at all in the tournament, and yet yeah. Jacob Hudson played. So it's like, are these guys now going to be the center power forward combo? I don't know. So I think the transfers will kind of balance that out potentially. Um, and then uh, the freshman, I think the freshman will just be a great platoon like we had this past year with guys of Tate Hall, Marcus Kennedy, um, all coming off the bench, just like I think potentially these uh, freshmen could. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing I just kind of wanted to mention, like a lot of people are asking, like, who's staying, who's who's uh, leaving, like that sort of thing. And, and we don't know. <laughs> like the, the simple answer is, like, I have no idea. But just putting, like, kind of reading the tea leaves like we do, like Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, most of the guys, I think all five, except for Krautwig, actually, have posted something on Instagram. Oh, this The seniors. Um and of all of them, the one that sounded the most final was Tate Hall, actually. Um, just like he said that he made a dream as reality. Uh, it was a great run. Um, no one will understand what it means to be a part of the culture. Like, it just like his sounded the most final. I have no idea if that means he's not coming back. But of all of them, um, of all of them, he sounded the most final. Uh, I thought Keith... Uh, specifically sounded kind of like the most like potential to come back. Um, I forget. He must have posted on Twitter because I can't really see anything. I, I don't see anything on Instagram unless he put it on a story. But um, and then I don't know. Maybe Uguak didn't post anything. I forget. I, I can't remember now. There's been so much that has happened in the past um, two weeks. But uh, if I had to guess, I do think Keith Clemens is coming back. Actually, I think that would be my guess. Um I know he's really good friends with Marquise, and I could see that working out. Like, I, I could see Marquise still being okay with, like, coming off the bench if his friend Keith Clemens is starting. Um, like, I could see that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Besides that, I, if I had to guess again, I would say Tate is not coming back. Um, but I, I literally have no idea about Lucas or Cam. And I hear, unless I miss something, um, I, I, I have no idea on him either. So, um, just like who's staying and who's going. That's what I have. Um, did you have anything to add? No, to no. It's ready for the next question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to check out here's Twitter really quick to see if, yeah, there's nothing. I haven't okay. seen anything from him. No, but again, he's up in the area. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Steve Timble wants to know if anyone, uh, is going to be grad transferring to Oklahoma. I, I hope not because I think the only two who really could do that would be Cam and Lucas. Like, I mean, the other three could do that. I don't think that the skill level or, like, the athleticism is there for any of them. And actually, I did see Braden. I guess you are talking about seniors. But I saw Braden posted on Twitter and Instagram, like, support of Drew and, like, let's run it back. I'm excited to come back. Like, that sort of thing. So I definitely think Braden's coming back. Um, of any of the seniors, like, going to Oklahoma, I don't think so. I it, for me, it's actually kind of weird that we haven't heard anything about any of the assistants going with Porter as well. Um, it kind of just sounds like Porter did this on his own. Uh, but I guess we'll find out in the 
the next couple days or weeks. Um, do you have anything to add about like seniors going or I guess also staff going with Porter too? Uh, senior wise, I really can't see anyone. If, if, if any of our seniors were to come back, I really couldn't see them not playing for Loyola, mm-hmm. uh, especially Cam and Lucas are Chicago born bred. They're going to want to be there for the city. Um, here, I don't know if Porter even would. I, I don't know. Um, so with players, seniors, I'm not. I wouldn't be sure at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching wise, I do believe the only one that actually should be going is probably Matt Gordon. I believe he's been with Porter the longest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he he's more in the long haul of where Porter goes, he goes. So that would be something I would just expect to see soon. But again. We won't know until it's posted, yeah. Yeah, Steve also wants to know if the Schweiger kids are related, and everything we could see, they are not related. They didn't even, I don't think, followed each other on Twitter or Instagram until, like, until they were both committed to the team. Um, So I don't don't think they are, which is just really, really funny. Um, I was thinking um, uh, it was Ben Schweiger and uh, Ryan Schweiger. I was thinking we could call them B swag and R swag, just because like I don't know they one will be and one already is because Ryan is older and Ben is younger, so that's that's my suggestion for nickname. <laughs> but no, I don't think they're related. Um, one time transfer rule does this mean that three of the seniors cannot transfer again, or they can still be grad transfers? Uh, Go Ramblers, I think it. I think just everyone gets an additional year. That's like how we've come to understand it. Doesn't matter if you were hurt. Doesn't matter if you redshirted. Doesn't matter if you have transferred three times, no times. I think everyone just gets an additional year. Is that how you understand it, Lou? That's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like a, another question about realistic expectations. Um, Sister Jean's jumper wants to just like also mentions that the Valley is going to be really good. Drake and Missouri state returning everyone, uh, Northern Iowa getting AJ green back, barring all the seniors coming back. We've got a lot of production to replace. Um, that's a hundred percent true. I, I don't think that we're going to be bottom tier, but I definitely think like middle of the pack is like a, a healthy, um, realistic ex- expectation for this team. I think finishing in the top half of the conference would be great. Um, and I think anything above that, it, it, obviously there's so much can change between now and, and when Loyola steps back out on the court. But as I see it right now, um, I would be happy with like a top five and thrilled with a top three finish. Lou, how about you? Yeah, um, I would be absolutely ecstatic with uh, a top three, which I do think we can. Um, I, I think Missouri State has two players. Unless they get new players, I really don't know who else they could have. Mm-hmm. Though, again, is the the experience those two players are going to have versus what, what guys we're kind of going to bring back is going to be interesting. Drake, everyone's returning, and Darren DeVries' son just happens to be a top 100 recruit. So it just works out perfect that um, they, I think, are going to be absolutely uh, the number one seed preseason everything. So I think we usually can be top three. I think the way we especially also the way other teams are handling situations going on with um, kind of what's going on with losing players and stuff like Indiana State, Bradley. So other programs, I think, are a little bit struggling. So we will see. Yeah. Um, again, like, I like I think this just applies to, like, um, 
about how we got to figure out what Drew's offense and his defense looks like and, and just his players and stuff. Um, speaking of players, I do kind of want to go down the list because I, I know – so I know Braden tweeted something supporting and, like, the, he's going to come back. Jacob Hudson has tweeted, like, tw- two of the past three days – or on Instagram, I think – Videos of him in different Loyola gear, a shirt and a pair of shorts, um, in support or not in support, but like Loyola stuff. Um, and his dad even said something like, you know, excited to be back or still working or something like that. Um, and and we do have to remember that there is family ties there to the school of Loyola, right? It's not like Jacob Hudson is his dad is best friends with Porter. It's it's ties to the school. So. It, I do think Jacob Hudson will, will be back from everything I could see. Like, if I don't know. he If he wasn't going to be back, he probably wouldn't be wearing Loyola stuff. I don't think. I think he would just be wearing Nike stuff. Like, I know it sounds kind of silly, but I don't know. Lou, do you agree? I agree um, with the fact that I think Jacob Hudson sees the potential of him being um, a superstar in the Valley. So I think yeah. that's um, a massive potential. I do believe there is a family connect, or at least somewhat of a connection. I believe we thought we, or we read somewhere that there was. And his sister, I think, is at Loyola as well. Okay, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know who else. Let's see. Braden actually made the the, the say can't wait to run it back. Love seeing uh, Swagger the recruit. I was gonna say Ryan. Oh, uh, both. Oh, ben, both. Uh, ben. I thought ben. They both have. They actually interviewed. Someone well, ben interviewed Sorry, ben. was interviewed. Yeah, I don't know if it was a tweet. Yeah, yeah. And and he said like I am excited to play under Drew and and be a part of like the first recruiting class or something. But the other swagger, Ryan, uh, on his Instagram posted like he reposted the the hiring of Drew and then like the video that Loyola uh, produced Austin put out. So like I'm sure he's on board. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to go through some of the other ones. I can't really like. I haven't seen absolutely nothing from Marquise. Um, some of the seniors did post. Like I think Tate posted, like reposted the thing about um, Drew. Yeah, but but you know who knows. Um, I don't know. I think that might be it. Uh, as far as like who else posted stuff. Some of the old players, like I saw Ben Richardson and like Marcus Towns, I think shared something. Uh, I'm really interested to see who Drew hires, like, and especially if he's got like one or two openings on his staff. Um, personally, I would love to see like a a veteran, like a like an older coach, maybe a veteran of the Valley. I think it would be really funny if he hired Greg Lansing, and I I know this is like a a, a far off dream. But I do think it's possible. Like, they could probably match whatever he was making at Indiana State with, like, the amount of money they saved by not signing Porter. Um, I don't think Lansing was making a million. Like, I bet he was making, like, 700 or something. So, I don't know. I think that would be funny. But if you do you have any names you want to throw out there about, like, who Drew could hire on his staff, whether, you know, it's one or two or whoever? Yeah, just uh, I would be intrigued. Um, I know there's a Penn, uh, Michigan State connection. Uh, maybe Paxton Wojcik's dead. I don't know. Paxton mm. is still on the team, which has been a very big shocker to me personally. I thought Pax, Paxton's name would have been one of the first ones off. Um, but um, his dad is at Michigan State, and maybe there would be a connection there. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I would be interested to see if we're going young because, again, is Drew is the youngest head coach in all of college basketball. So maybe he does go older and maybe wiser or more – not wiser, maybe more experienced. That That's the thing. Maybe guys who have coached live in, like, actual tournament games. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe – Someone for Drew to lean on for advice, I, I, I potentially. I, it's going to be interesting because, again, here's the thing. Drew's also going to need a recruiter is a big thing because Drew can't be the only one recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are going to be two big things in my head. I'll leave it at that is recruiter to take the pressure off Drew from recruiting. And then, one, do we get a guy who's been around or experienced? I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that doesn't help. I don't, I don't know where this staff would kind of go. Um, I will be intrigued. Actually, I lied. One extra point would be: Will we see future or former Ramblers get job um, in uh, or the next level? Uh, Clayton mm-hmm. Huster, uh, player development, and then London Kobo, um, director of basketball operations. So, do we see those guys step up into new roles? So, we'll see. But I think again, the bigger th- questions are: uh, experienced assistant coach and also someone to recruit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those are some good things to focus on. And we'll, we'll, I, who knows? You know, this went so quickly, which I, I want to reiterate. That is something that both you and I, Lou, like really enjoyed that Drew was hired so quickly. And even though it was, you know, it was only a few days, but like by Saturday, I feel like there was reports that like he was going to be the next head coach. So, you know, and then we saw like, I think the interview with, with uh, Ben Schweiger was on Sunday or Saturday night. And he had said like, I'm excited to be play under drew. There was a recruit that tweeted, thank you to head coach drew. Like this was, this was decided that that day, like within 24 hours. And I think it just had to go kind of through the proper channels and like get voted on and all that kind of stuff. But that's something we both really enjoyed. Um, and um, I think that'll help them long-term, but Oh, this is what I was going to say is, Maybe the assistant coach takes a while, you know, like the, the head coach was so quick and maybe Drew really wants to do his due diligence and interview a bunch of guys. You know, it's his first time. So maybe he wants to interview 10 guys or, you know, or, you know, guys or, or girls like that'd be really cool to have a woman on the staff, too. Um, but I think it's it might take a while or it might not. <laughs> I don't really know. We have to I think that's kind of the interesting, most interesting part about this all and it does kind of make me excited, is we have no idea how Drew's going to do anything. Like, yeah, we know he's been the quote-unquote defensive coordinator for the team for the past three, four years. Yeah, we know, like, his history and where he's been and, and what he's done before coming to Loyola. But, like, when you sit in that chair, when you've got that clipboard, when you have that title of head coach, it could change you a little bit, and, and in a good way, you know? It, we could really see potentially how the difference between what how Porter did it and how Drew is going to do it. So I think we just kind of got to wait and see. I know there's kind of the lame answer, but it's kind of, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything without knowing for sure, like any big sort of things like that. We just kind of got to wait and see. And, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we will find out a lot about Drew before he even coaches a single Loyola game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, if there's anything else you want to add just about any, you know, anything we talked about or um, I don't know if you saw any other questions, but I, I've kind of been paging through. I don't really see any other questions. No, just um, excited for a new start, but also a little worried about what's to come. But I think that's just how things go. 
Um, but hopefully people stick to the team and don't just abandon ship. Let's keep listening to the podcast, but excited to see what Drew's got up his sleeve. And hopefully we'll have more to talk about his staff and guys in the roster and more next week. Yeah, the other super important thing that I know everyone's really worried about is Porter's jacket. And if you haven't already seen, it is now Drew's shoes. So, you know, that, that legacy, it, we can tie a bow on Porter's jacket, and now we're on to Drew's shoes. Um, there's also Porter's tie is now Drew's socks, which I think is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on a more serious note, like, um, I tweeted this out, but, you know, we're here. We love Loyola basketball. Like, Porter was a part of Loyola basketball, a very big part of it. But he's gone now. He's he's no more. He's not He's not going to be, at least personally, I don't really care to talk about him, like, all that much. Unless, unless like, Oklahoma's playing Loyola or we're doing a Porter retirement, whatever, or, like, something in celebration of his career. I'm not going to talk about Porter. I really don't have any reason to. Like, I'm, I mean, I know he used to be here, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm going to follow Oklahoma a little bit, but like, he's gone now. I, I, I personally, at least at this point, I'm, I'm going to be hoping he does well. But if he doesn't, oh well, you left. You decided to leave Chicago and your cushy job, where you could have a job for your entire life. No matter if you had 10 losing seasons in a row, you would still be the head coach at Loyola. And you decided to go to Oklahoma. So, good for you. Um, I hope you like Norman. I hear it's really warm in the winter, so good luck with that. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm being dramatic here. You know, no love lost, but (laughs) don't let the door hit you on the way out, Porter. Um, Good luck. You don't look as good in uh, Sooner Red than you did in... Loyola Maroon. Um, Lou, any last thoughts? I've uh, I've properly, I think, gotten the bad juju out. You got yeah. anything? Yeah, no, I think uh, that's pretty much just the way it sums up. Seems like there's still some tears being fought back. <laughs> but, again, it's, it's a new dawn, a new day. And, uh, again, just uh, Drew, Drew's, on, uh, Drew's uh, guiding the ship. And we're excited to be passengers on that Drew ship. So, um, yeah, thank you all for listening um, to another episode of Podcast 63. We will be back for next week, um, the foreseeable future. We're still going to be doing weekly episodes. Uh, I think we'll probably be able to let you all know when that's going to change. But for now, you know, we're still going to be doing this. If there's still big news, we're still going to be talking about that. Uh, At the point at which there's not big news still, then we're going to switch to doing – season in review, player in review, um, focus on the next team, like when we know who's going back. But for now, uh, you know, next week we'll probably be still be talking about coaching stuff. There's probably going to be more stuff at the presser tomorrow. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we'll let you know if something changes. But um, that is going to do it for Buck and Lou here at Podcast 63. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blairs.